Welcome to Leaders and Learners. My name is Tanya McKenzie, and you can find me at the intersection of public relations and leadership. Join us as we talk to organizational leaders, elected officials, experts, authors, artists, and personalities sharing their stories, talking about how they got to where they are and how they continue to learn and lead the way. So without further ado, let's get into it. Greetings, good people. Welcome to another edition of Leaders and Learners, where we all know that the best leaders are lifetime learners. Today, I hope to give you an opportunity to learn a little something about finances. Yes, because my expert, uh, she has some things to share with you in that regard. But I am really interested in her family's journey here and how she even got to where she is when we're talking about finances and money. You know, most of the time we begin to level up on things that we feel like we were left out of. I remember, um, and I know 9-11 just passed not too not too long ago. When that happened, it was so surreal. I felt like, first of all, I thought I was only watching a movie. I literally thought every news broadcast was a movie. I was like, this cannot, this is not happening in the United States. And once I realized it was really happening, I figured that I hadn't been paying much attention to what was going on in politics, in our country, you know, after it all came out and coming out of it, there was talk about how certain things had been in the news and we weren't paying attention. That's really when I committed to staying educated and abreast of what was going on in politics and particularly our international um, affairs, because I didn't like feeling left out. I didn't like fe- I didn't like feeling like this is something I should have known and I shouldn't have been surprised. I don't like feeling like that in a world where I live and where I thrive and where I'm going to raise children. Like I want to stay abreast of what's going on. I don't like getting slapped upside the head with a reality that I never saw coming. All that being said, um, our guest today. I feel like after reading her story and hearing more about her, the financial aspect of her expertise came from the not knowing, from the lack of information that was provided to her and her family when they immigrated here. So listen, get your pen and your paper because I think she's going to drop some gems. But for the most part, this gives us an opportunity to hear a couple of different stories. One, the immigration process here and when your family's not from the United States, what that looks like and how you get acclimated and then how finance became a part of her expertise. So without further ado, Ms. Mikkel, how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing well, Tanya. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for taking the time to be here. I love your story. I love what you've done with your career. I love your path and how you've grown in, in, you know, finance and being able to help Others think there's an app involved, girl, we're going to get all into that. But before we jump in, tell the people and let me know where your family is from and how you got to Philly. Y'all, she's in Philly, by the way. Well, I am a first generation American. My people come from the small Caribbean island of Haiti. And it's a journey. You know, there are things that we as Americans take for 
just kind of table stakes. Like we've always had them, a strong banking system, the ability to borrow, the ability to invest. And for many people and for many places, that is not table stakes. That's not a given. And so when you come here and you have to learn that, it's a pretty steep hill to climb. When I read your story, you talked about your grandparents not having access, not only to finances, but financial information. Like, talk about that. Yeah, my grandmother was a young widow and she moved to the U.S. and sort of started all over. And my mom is one of eight. So she worked, the family worked to move everyone here, but they didn't have an understanding of how to apply for a loan, how to establish a credit score, how to do anything besides like leave excess cash in a savings account. So I still remember even as a young child um, reading certain documents and trying to translate it from English to French or Creole. Okay, follow me here. Mm-hmm. When our citizens do well, our country does well. So the better our citizenship is doing, the yes. better our country does financially. Why do you think that it is so difficult to get the information that we need in different communities that will make us better, that will make us more financially well off? Because if we're good, we're all good. But that doesn't seem to be the case. I know this particularly this space in particular, wealth building, you know, I feel like we sort of decided who the wealthy will be and sort of what services we want to give to certain people. And what you will find is if you don't live in a certain zip code, if you don't have a certain amount of assets under management, which really means like investable dollars, you're pretty much ignored. Just like we have parts of the country that are banking deserts, I think we have probably even bigger investing deserts where people are just not introduced to the concept. They're working hard, they're saving, but they're not investing. And when you look at the returns on a savings account versus what the S&P will do, for example, the S&P is on track to do over 17% this year. It's a massive delta. This is not pocket change. This is why we need more and more people to one, get the information, but then two, take the action. What was your experience that led you into digging deeper into the financial process? What happened? What did you experience? It was luck. And I'm going to tell everyone, luck is not a plan. And it's not the way to build your financial future. I just got lucky. I took a summer internship at one of the big financial institutions, and I was put on the retirement desk. It was my job to help that team sell more 401k plans into mid-sized companies. And I thought it was the worst internship. Everyone wants to be on the investment banking or the trading desk. No no 19-year-old wants to be on the retirement desk. But the team taught me everything from 401ks, starting early, average dollar costing, buying at the lows, you know, seeing through the market cycles. But I just happened to get lucky and get staffed on that team. For most people, that's not going to happen. And so we need more information. We need easy tools and platforms where people can get started, start investing, get the information, 
but frankly, build the confidence to keep going. So you did this internship and something hit you. What happened to you after the internship? The minute I started working, I started investing. As soon as I had money, no matter what, and I took that out first. So one of the key principles is always pay yourself first. So once you sort of take that money out and you set it aside for your 401k or your investing portfolio, you literally forget about it. You're not likely to go end up spending it out on dinner or doing something else with it. And I just stuck through that practice. And as I sort of got bigger jobs and made more money, I put more money away, invested more. And then fast forward, I am sitting around having brunch with a bunch of my friends. And I'm like, oh, is anyone thinking about buying something? And everyone's like, who has money to buy anything? And I'm like, you guys are not investing. You're not putting money in your 401ks. And you find out seven, eight years later, a lot of my peers were not doing it. They'd never been introduced to it. Okay, so what did you what did you say? Like, what was your thought? What did you say to your friends? Like, come on. Good friends take care of each other. So I literally had follow-up calls with friends where I was like, let's log into your company's account. Let's set up your 401k. How often do you want it pulled from your paycheck? How much do you want pulled? And leave it alone. Put it in some reasonable, how much risk can you tolerate and keep doing that? There had to be some resistance because not everyone comes from a background where they understand that this is important. I didn't hear resistance. I heard more like fear. Mm. I heard more like, you know, we've always lived paycheck to paycheck. It's the only way I know. Like, can I do this? I heard more of that. And that's where I think, you know, we we over communicate spend opportunities everywhere you turn you turn on the tv the radio you're on your phone someone's trying to sell you something you know we've created this consumer culture of buy 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 versus save and invest and i think that was probably the biggest pivot people had to make was to realize like hey maybe i've been sucked in too much do you feel like that's a black and brown issue the spin 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 culture or do you think it's a global thing it's a global, well, it's definitely a US centric thing. But um, if you look at media content, mm. we certainly over index spend content to black and brown communities. Why do you think that is? Go be honest. Girl, where are we going with this? <laughs> Come on, give it to the people. Because if you don't say it, bias. there's a lot of bias. There's the belief that, you know, black and brown people will spend on entertainment and beauty and that they don't care. And I challenge that notion every day because I'm like, show me someone who wants to wake up and be broke and struggling every day. Who so, would what about, that? so what about those that really aren't picking up what you're putting down? You know, the ones that look like us that are just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I don't get a lot of that. I don't, again, I don't get people who are like, nah, I want to struggle. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I'm going to wake up every day and I want to struggle. Because you know how good struggle feels, right? Not being able to sleep, being stressed out, anxiety, poor health, like all of those things are interrelated. 
So you're telling me stress and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and potential for stroke, that all has to do with stress and worrying and financial unrest? The number one stressor, the number one stressor is money. On marriages too, guys, on marriages too. The number one stressor. Not just by yourself, but on marriages. Yeah, and it has such scary domino effects because it means when unexpected things happen, it just builds and makes a bad situation even worse. One of the things we talk about often with Wealth War is that insurance is love. Our communities tend to be underinsured. So when something bad happens, we sort of compound tragedy on tragedy. You know, we need more of those emergency safety nets. Like you will not, you probably won't miss that vacation when you need that money for something far more important. Like medical bills. Yes. Or something for your children. Yes. Or I don't know, retire comfortably. I don't know. <laughs> so talk to us about what you are doing now and what you have developed. Where have you gone in your career to where you're helping make this issue, this financial issue, investing under education in finances um, more accessible? Yeah, I spent 20 plus years in financial services working at most recently 10 years at JP Morgan. So really got that upfront look in terms of like who has access to advice and who doesn't and what that difference adds up to. And it's pretty meaningful. But I think probably the biggest wake up call for me was coming across some stats and New York Times did an article about this in terms of like how soon does a family lose generational wealth? And they did a study and they looked at particularly black and brown families and they found that it was gone within one generation. So that means, I know you're gasping because you're like, I'm working so hard. How can it be gone in one generation? You're like ready to fall out of your seat. <laughs> I had that same reaction and I just got tired of admiring the problem. I got tired of hearing about, hey, who are the people with the pay gap? Who are the people with the wealth gap? Why is you know, the black community one sixth of the wealth of a white family? and really started digging into like, well, how can we make it better? Like the stats, hearing it is not a solution. So what do we do? How do we make the information accessible? Well, everyone has a mobile device. So can we deliver that advice on a mobile device? Can we get humans that people can relate to and trust giving great financial advice through an easy accessible tool and make the price of entry affordable? And that's what we've done with Wealth More. So is the app easy to use? Because my auntie, you know, she ain't all that tech savvy. Super easy because I pretty much felt like a lot of the other platforms had pretty much taken the screens that a professional uses and turned it on us regular consumers and said, have at it. Um, so we made it super easy. As soon as you log in, you see a very human-centric onboarding coach who's helping you. We're telling you realistically, here are the portfolios that probably meet your risk appetite. But then right at your fingertips, you can schedule a chat with one of our advisors. Let me ask you this question. 
immig immigrant families seem to come to America and level up financially and build generational wealth faster than people that are families that are born here. Yeah. What is that about? Um, I don't know all the answer to that. I can only tell you from my personal experience, there was the legacy of savings. So while we immigrated here, saving was always a big part of the dialogue. So my grandmother, I always call her the unofficial financial planner. She was always save, 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 save. The other thing that I've noticed within even my community is um, people love real estate. You know, my grandmother would always say, well, I don't trust the stock market, but I can trust something I can touch and feel. I can walk into a house. I can walk into an apartment building. I can walk into a condo. Um, and I think you'll notice that a lot of that wealth tends to also go towards real estate. But that's also something of a watch out because you can also over index in where you invest. And if the real estate market sees a hiccup, you could find yourself in a bit of a trouble spot because you're not diversified enough. Break that down for the layman's. Like, yeah. Yeah. they're listening to you. Some, yeah. some, some people are listening. You're like, what? What did she just say? Uh, I, I'm, I'm Haitian. We love some real estate. I love real estate too but you can't only invest in real estate because real estate can have a down market and you would lose too much versus, hey, you're investing in real estate, but you're also investing in the stock market. Stock markets tend to sort of bring you investments across everything. And I'll just use everyday things. You could be investing in Target. You're in there. You know what that's like. Home Depot, you're in there. Apple, you use it. So you're all, you get to diversify and spread your money in a number of different industries, and it's highly unlikely they all would suffer a shock at the same time. I hope y'all understood what she just said. Save, 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 invest, diversify your investment. Real estate is great, but there are other things to invest in. Yes. With that being said, so my husband and I, well, he did this. Because I like to spin, spin. No, I'm just kidding. Let me stop. <clears throat> Our kids have an investment account. Yes. He also shows them how to look and see where their money is. Yes. Is it rising? Is it dropping? These are yes. kids. Yes. It's not something we were taught. Yes. How do we change the trajectory of where we are going? How early should that start? And is that something that your app can help with also? Yes, I'm so glad that you mentioned this. Start with the children as early as the first time when you're in that grocery store and they grab candy as you're walking out. Explain to them, hey, that's money that they're spending. They could be investing. It's a great way to introduce them into the concept of even a stock and hey, you don't have to buy the M&Ms. How about we invest in Mars as a company? Start them early. It's a conversation. And then as they get a little older, I would say assume if they can be on a phone playing a video game, they can be looking at the market. Listen, I hope you guys are picking up what she's putting down. I think it's very important. We've been going in the wrong direction 
as a country, definitely as a people. But we didn't get here by accident. We did not. There are things, and this is one of the things we do with Wealth More. We're about empowerment. And we're also about not shaming people. I always tell people the wealth gap, there's a pay gap to it. There's history of underpayment or lack of opportunity. So we can't beat up ourselves. We just need to get started. Now, we look the same, but we're not from the same place. And I want to know what that was like for you growing up here in the United States. You know, I always sort of felt like I was toggling two identities, right? The sort of like, hey, this is my community. And now I'm sort of in school. And I think probably the biggest adjustment was being told to kill my accent. Yes. Really? Yes. And because I was always told accents are sexy. So what's yeah. So I spoke French first. And when I started school, uh, the teachers really wanted to put me in ESL. They did not want any hint of a French accent. Um, down to like threatening to leave me back a grade if I still had this accent. And so I would come home after school. Yes, guess what I had to do after school? Go to speech class. No, I would sit in front of the TV and watch soap operas and learn how to speak English like a soap opera star. <laughs> I know. And then you can only imagine how that translated back into our community. <laughs> but they had told my parents that, you know, that is proper English. If you need a good example of proper English, you should go follow all my children. <laughs> well, Erica Kane was teaching you how to talk now? Swear to God. So I think these are the microaggressions and sort of like, you know, how we, we've come so far. We've come so far, thankfully. <laughs> my mother was telling me to stop watching all my children because I was starting to act like Erica Kane, not talk like her. She was like, the drama, yeah. stop the drama. But there wasn't a lot of appreciation for it, right? There was a sort of like a simulate. That's crazy. I know, I know, yes. <laughs> to this day, I'm like, really? And now it's it's horrible because I spoke French quite fluently, but it was just kind of like dragged out of me. Listen, I don't get into politics too often, but over the last few years, um, immigrants, particularly Haitian immigrants and um, Hispanic immigrants have been pretty much demonized in this country. How has that made you feel? Like, talk to me about that. You know, I think it's it's a crying shame, but I feel like culturally, the Haitian community understands its history and understands its contribution. So I like to remind people that the how we got rid of slavery started with Haiti. Mm. And if you don't understand that, Google it. Do your homework, people. Google it. And you will realize that those who lifted that torch for freedom 
paid an oversized price for the rest of us to have it. Knowing your history gives you strength when you are dealing with racism and prejudice. But now we are in a space where they're trying to get rid of history. history. Yes. Talk to me about that. Yes. It's so bizarre because now I feel like I have to hold on to like printed copies of things. <laughs> especially oh, paper everywhere. Well, especially now as you think about, so when, when our tech leaders convened in Washington yesterday to address the existential threat that they all view with AI, to your point about how you started the segment, we need to wake up. What is happening when the threat is greater than the monetary opportunity? Mm. So I tell people, well, what does it mean when the machine can sort of tell you an answer, which may or may not be right? How will we decipher real from what's not real? What happens when the machine can create an image that looks so real of you and I, of anyone? So I think we have to be that much more intentional and diligent about what rules, how can the government regulate this? Because you can obliterate, erase things that actually happened through this technology. It's crazy when we get to talking about AI, how you basically AI collects information from the internet. Yes. It collects information that's already out there, even if it's wrong information. Even if it's wrong, it has no fact checking. It, it is not responsible for accuracy. Yes, it can we will lean on it as the authority. And what is so sort of scary about it is, and you guys can Google this, you can look up articles where it's fabricated cities, street names, like, and then if that content is then now put out there as real content, and then again, fed into this open source, how will we know what's true and what's not? Well, listen, my husband calls me a habitual hoarder. <laughs> I still take pictures and print them. I'm going to have to continue that, obviously, for history's sake, because... There's no way that you're going to say something is the truth or not just it because is, you like it or don't. It is. We should all be very concerned. Absolutely. We should always be very concerned. We've already gone through an era where we were concerned about, you know, truth, accuracy, real news, fake news. And that's before we had it facts. And that's before we had AI. And so now you take that and it's, I don't know, it's like leaps and bounds worse. Well, I'm glad that you are sharing your story uh, with us and your app and the ability for those that really want to, to rise up financially with their financial literacy and ability to be able to solidify and pass on generational wealth. It is not beyond us. It's right in front of us. She is making the opportunity available. And you also consult or talk to me about 
you know, beyond the app, if someone calls you, who's the ideal person to give you a call? No, it's um, as soon as you're ready. You know, our entry plan Invest Plus starts with $10,000, up to $10,000 to invest. We're looking for people to start with $1,000. But we brought in the experts and we were very deliberate about the planners that we bring to our platform. So our planners are certified financial planners, which means they've gotten the designation. They're qualified to talk to you about your money. But we also pulled from diverse advisors. We wanted to make sure our advisors could connect with those that are building wealth and understand sort of the nuances of that, be it the support needed, the education needed, or maybe just even the extra touch, the extra, hey, you know what? I need two chats to talk about this versus one. And I know we look alike, but you do work with people that don't look like you, right? Yes. Because the problem is universal. You know, when you look at sort of like the where wealth is created and who has it and who doesn't, you know, our middle class is disappearing. So the problem is universal. And our middle class is diverse. Yes. Just yeah. making sure you all know that. Very diverse. 40%. Just so that we put it out there. What does the lower class look like? It's not the majority of us. And I think when we use words like socialism and welfare, people assume it's majority black and brown, but I think we've been undereducated about that also. Yeah? Uh, I think those, those broad strokes and that sort of a bias that exists in terms of like, hey, if I throw out this word, I, it's code for speaking to a certain group of people, actually does us all a disservice because it means that we're blind to the needs of millions of people. And it's why our sort of signature line is wealth is for us all, because the struggle is universal. The amount of people being left behind, be it Black, Latinos, women, first generation, millennials, is staggering. And it's why we need to really deliver that financial advice when people are working hard and it's gone in one generation. And even now, as we look at, even as you look at our white community, it's gone within two, max three generations. We have a really big problem that we need to address. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let the people know how they can get in touch with you how they can find you, chat with you, ask the questions, and get connected to your services. Yes, please visit us at wealthmore.net. Follow us on our social handles, Wealthmore for All. Uh, we're here to help. And then certainly, if you have a question, visit our website. We have a try it for free feature. You're more than welcome to submit a question, and one of our advisors will get back to you. So kind of off the subject, um, when, when does Philly play the Niners? I don't know, but I, I suspect you won't be happy afterwards. <laughs> Is that what we're doing today? Because <laughs> we're all in. Fly, Eagles, fly here. <laughs> well, our quarterback is healthy this year, so I just want to put it out there. I don't want your little feelings hurt um, when the situation turns out a little different. Yes, and our QB is healthy and fired up because we do feel like we were robbed. 
how is somebody held but their jersey doesn't move? We're going to have to reconvene this conversation probably <laughs> offline, probably later on in the season, but we ain't done, okay? We ain't done with this. <laughs> but you should come to Philly and we'll have a cheesesteak and watch a game together. <laughs> Don't play with me because I might just show up, ma'am. I might just show up. Let's do it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here, uh, sharing this information. You know, I'm usually a little fired up or goofy, but I think this conversation is very serious. I think it uh, doesn't get as much attention as it should, and, and we got to do better. So I do love having someone as eloquent and beautiful and well-spoken because you've been watching all my children all your life. Um, yeah, then there's that. Yes, there is that. <laughs> show up and share the information with us. But I hope you stay connected and know that we definitely are in support of what you were doing. If there's any information that you have um, that we can share with our community, we definitely will. It's well needed. And um, I hope we stay connected. Absolutely. And we have it in our community to do this. Don't believe otherwise. We do. We all Absolutely. have it. It's Absolutely. there. It's there. Let's just get it done. Let's Get it do done. It. Get hey, it done. we owe it. We owe it to the next generation. We do. And we the owe previous. It to them. And yeah. the previous. The ones who struggled to give us these opportunities. Amen. Well, yes. thank you so much for being here. Please stay connected and we'll see you soon. You got it. Listen, guys, uh, I try to bring on guests that will help you open your mind to doing things different. Different isn't bad, different is better different is, you know, innovative, different in um, creative, not always the way it's been done. And the information that she has shared with us should at least give you perspective on what's possible, right? What's possible, how we can leave it better than we got it. And we always want to do that. So take the time, connect with her at wealthmore.net and send her a message. Uh, she's great to chat with. Uh, and I've heard some great things about her outside of this conversation. So I definitely plan to to stay connected with her and hopefully uh, bring her back at some point. But please get connected, share this information, share it with someone you know uh, needs needs those gems. All right. Well, look, thank you for being here. Make sure you subscribe, share the info, and we'll see you here next week. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for showing up to the podcast where we all know that the best leaders are lifetime learners. When you get a sec, take a moment, leave a comment. What do you think about today's episode? And share it with someone that you know could use the gems that were dropped today. Follow and subscribe. You don't want to miss who's coming up next. You never know who could show up here and what they could say. For your professional needs, marketing, PR, communications, and leadership, Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Sand and Shores or hit us up at sandandshores.com. Again, thanks so much for showing up. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.